You know, mm-hmm. every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, by 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 no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in the same interview. I think uh, at some time before, my my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the intellectual outcasts out there listening. I got a couple of returning special guests, very, very special guests. I love having both of these queens on. They've been on the show plenty of times, deservedly, and I really want to highlight some of the things they're doing as we are coming off of the start of Black Friday, but we all know Black Friday starts much sooner than Black Friday as we were one day after. What is this? The, I guess you would call this the... Um, uh, Black Black Friday Kane was Kane after after <laughs> after however you would call it. But either way, let me go ahead and introduce these special queens. I got Shadon Reynolds, who doesn't really need an introduction. She is the CEO of She Prince. But if you will, Queen, say hello to the intellectual outcasts out there listening and tell them a little bit about yourself before we dig into this morning's discussion question. Good morning, good morning. Forgive me. Uh, I'm losing my voice a little bit. And to know me is to know that I'm usually on 20. So I can only give you guys 10 today. But I am Sherdon. I am the CEO of She Printed. We are a promotional products and print company committed to helping women-owned, led, and operated businesses brand like a boss. But what's true to my heart and spirit is always making sure that black businesses thrive, succeed, and overachieve. And so anything that I can do to ensure that we're positioned properly to generate wealth because we deserve it, I'm always operating in that space. No, you absolutely are. Love it. And we have a good friend of both of ours, and I think y'all have known each other more longer than, than, than we've known each other, which now has been some number of years. But I have n- none other than Tamika Peoples returning. She is the CEO of Seas to Shirt if you will, but thank you for being black with us, as I like to say. Queen, if you will, say hello to the intellectual outcast. I think you've already said hello to Shadon, if you will, but if you will, tell people a little bit about mm-hmm. your background and you out here doing big things as you are the first black-owned 
textile manufacturer owner since 1908. If I remember, I always love to highlight that about you because you never tell it about yourself. So with that said, Queen, say hello and tell them about yourself. Hey, everyone. Uh, Tamika, thank you so much for having me again, uh, Montoya. It's so good to hear you, Sir Don. Listen, I'm going to need you to take care of that voice. This would be all of you, huh? <laughs> um, anyway, I'm Tamika Peoples, uh, founder of Seeds Assured. We are a program-focused uh, small batch manufacturing company that produces blank apparel T-shirts that are made 100% of African cotton and 100% in Africa. Um, our goal is really to empower us throughout the value chain of cotton and textile production. So um, we, we move cotton, we're a broker of cotton, but we also produce shirts. Um, and with, the, with those resources, we turn the value back to our farmers, our land, and our people. Uh, so I'm happy to be here today. And yes, anytime we're talking about empowerment or Black Friday or moving us to a place of position of excellence, I'm all about those discussions. So thank you for having me, Montoya. No, nah, yeah, if we're having those discussions, I have to co-get both of you because, again, as y'all both have, you know, openly said here, y'all are committed to the progress of not only yourselves um, but others. And I have to highlight um, Shadon, who was just recently recognized. Um, I, I don't know if the organization is called Black Women is Gold. I'm just going by what I saw on social media. And this is only one of many of um, entrepreneur awards you'll be receiving, but for what I understand, you are the community partner for this organization. So if you would, Queen, just highlight what receiving that award was like and what exactly was the award, just so that we could better understand it, because I highlighted it on our social media page, but just to share people more details, what exactly did you win and what did it take to win it, if you will, before we get into this morning's discussion question? Yeah, um, <clears throat> quickly, the organization is Buy From a Black Woman. And we won the Community Partner of the Year Award. And um, I guess for me, it's less about what it takes to win that and more about what it takes to be what your community needs. And that's what's always driven me and pushed me forward to be what it is that I needed to live by example. And what I think positioned us to be celebrated in that way it's because we do all that we can for people within our community, and it's not just asking people to buy from us. It's us being very intentional about where we place our dollars and our resources and the information that we garner. And I think the most important part of that award for me was that I was able to take my 8-year-old daughter with me as my date, and we were in a room filled with black women in business that operate in excellence that have produced multiple six figures and seven figure businesses. So she got to see that women who look like her celebrate each other, uplift each other is the reason for the wealth of one another, right? That it's okay to make each other rich and rise together. But my favorite part, aside from seeing her jumping and cheering when I got the award, cause I didn't know until that day, until it was announced, but to watch her jump and cheer and scream for other women and to see uh, one of the products that I bought from another black woman that I gifted my daughter, and she heard the name. She said, oh, I have her book, and she was so excited. And she oh, that's the dope. Lady. That means you're, 
She's like, I need you to write another one and send it to my mom for me. And so just to normalize that for her, right. that we to celebrate each other, that we have each other's back, and that we do have wealth, that we show up in excellence, that we look good, we feel good, all of that is just going to be second nature to her. And when somebody tells her that black people or black women don't support each other, she's going to be like, what universe do you live in? Because that's not the world that I was raised in. No, I love it. I mean, you know, I always applaud you for, in a sense, creating your own world, which we all are capable of doing. In this morning's discussion, we'll go ahead and get into that and go to a quick break and get the callers that are out there in and people that are online will give out the number. And so we'll go ahead and get started the way we normally do. Shadon, you've done this before. Tamika, I think we, we wasn't, I don't know if we were taking this approach when you, last time you were on, but it's pretty simple. And it's just basically the discussion question. If you are a first time listener, again, I go by the name Black Socrates. So it's a slight abode to take it the Socratic method, if you will, to answering issues within our community. We are really one of the best in the world at doing hard conversation, necessary conversations on race, sex, and culture. And so this morning's discussion, again, coming off of Black Friday, if you will, is is how black is Black Friday? How black is Black Friday? And Shadun, you know, let's go ahead and let the cat out the bag. You helped me name this show. So maybe a little different for you, but what was your initial thought? Again, you kind of helped come up with the name. So once we got the name solidified, this is what we're going to, this is a question we're going to use this morning. Do you recall what your first initial thought was to that question? Just the, just the initial thought, because we've got to go to break. So just keep it yeah, quick. That there was a lack of blackness in Black Friday. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Tamika, we pulled you in in the last couple of days. So you saw over the last couple of days uh, when you saw the question worded that way, what was just your initial thought? And then we're going to go to break and come back with y'all deeper thoughts coming out of the break. Mm. You know, same thing. You know, when you say how black is Black Friday, just, you know, unpack how black it is. You know, how, how much is our, our dollars circulating in our community? You know, what's being impacted in the black community on Black Friday is what I was thinking about when I uh, read the question. No, I love it. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. For the callers out there, we'll get you in as well. For anybody online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. You will need to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. One visit to their website, LivyBlue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Jolivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at LivyBlue.com. That's L-I-V-I-B-L-U-E.com. The myth functions as propaganda because primarily what ends up happening is that we are convinced that we're poor because we're just not spending our money properly. And then we don't challenge or, or redirect our efforts to collective work that addresses the political system. And one of the things that we fail to understand is that wealth is created by state policy, by public policy, by politics. So the interest rates that create the value of your money, the who can buy land, who can invest, all of these are political decisions that if we're not organized, we'll never, if this is not something you can individually do with a business thing. It has to be a collective model. So one thing 
that comes up all the time. And somebody, you know, well, why don't we do like the Asians do and open up restaurants? You got to look at the history of Chinese restaurants. Chinese restaurants are Chinese and U.S. collective state projects. These are not individual entrepreneurs working out of their desperate situation and doing something we're too stupid and lazy to do. The Chinese and U.S. set policy. Going back, they even said the only way, going back to the early or the mid-1900s, they said the only way Chinese people can come into this country is if they're coming as business people. So the Chinese government set up a situation where they gave loans to their own people to set up businesses in the United States, which were matched by other financial benefits from this country to set up all these Chinese restaurants. Public policy, politics, it is not about black people being too lazy and stupid to open up a restaurant. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how black is Black Friday as we just Hear a cut from Jared Ball, who is the author of The Propaganda and Myth of Buying Black Power. I may be saying the name incorrect. I have a couple of special guests this morning, Shadon Reynolds from She Prints It, as well as Tamika Peoples from Seize to Shirt. Again, it's a brother that I highly respect. And just pointing out something I hear quite often, I have a, a black buying manifesto, if you will, Queens, and I know Shadon, you've seen me talk about it before where one of the things, one of the first things I point out in the manifesto is to kill all buying black myths, like all the things that are associated with it. And you hear Jared kind of attacking one particular thing where, you know, quite often you'll hear say, why don't we do just like this group or whatever? He's kind of pointing out it's not as simple as people like to make it all the time, if you will. And I would like to start there today in my, if you will, how black is Black Friday, starting with some of the myths that, like you said, being able to create a different world for your daughter because people do buy into myths that are absolutely not factual. So we'll start with you, Queen. Any thoughts to hearing him highlight that significant difference on why we see, if you will, so many Chinese restaurants, if you will? Go ahead, Queen. No, I'm, I, I understand the uh, factual nature of what he's sharing, and I don't disagree. I've never been a fan of comparing our community to other communities. Why don't we do what these people do and that and that group does? That's never been, well, I wouldn't say never because I, I think we've all been misled and at some point you come to an awakening, um, but that is not where I stand today. However, I do believe that you should do what you do and just do it differently with more intention. So if you are already constantly buying toothpaste, be more intentional and buy the black brand of toothpaste. If you already buy soap every day or every week or a couple weeks or whatever for your household, be very intentional to go find a black soap maker. And I think that is where I'm not forgiving of excuses that then come into where it's not convenient. Oh, well, when I tried to call them, they were out of stock or whatever your excuses are, at that point you have to take ownership for the fact that increased in community wealth because you are not intentional about playing a role in that. Um, Tamika, your thoughts in hearing um, Jared Ball kind of break down. Again, That's just I just picked that one because it was one of the myths. There's plenty more that are associated with our buying power, if you will, or buying black, what's effective, what's not. And he just kind of points out, again, the difference that a lot of people are just unaware of. And, again, I'm just using it as one example that there are a lot of myths that we 
perpetrate within our community that actually are not going to be as effective as we might think they are. So again, your thoughts to, to Jared, Jared Ball pointing those out. Yeah, I think for me, Jared Ball's point uh, resonated in a way that kind of tries to highlight the background of this institutionality of where, uh, where and how wealth is built. Buying power is, is one piece of how wealth is built, but then there are some institutional things that need to be addressed and how we go get other types of money and ta- tackle other types of resources in order to build our community. Um, and so when he was speaking about the things that were put in place to, to help enable um, certain types of communities' prosperity, you know, I, for me, I, I just want to figure out what, what are we doing and how are we structuring ourselves as a community to go get these other types of dollars. Yes, there are buying dollars, but there are institutional money. There are policies we can be addressing to make sure that we are, um, you know, structured building our communities. And, and we, we have to do that in multiple ways. And we know that these policies existed and gave other people an advantage, but now how do we look at these policies and resources and tap into them so that we can give ourselves and our communities an advantage? And, when I, and, and so for me, I think about institutional dollars, right, um, having a conversation with some folks around, um, you know, nonprofit, nonprofit funding, nonprofit structures, the fact that there's less than 3% of uh, black-led nonprofits that are out here in the U.S., but they're, they're, they're having to battle the same type of institutional challenges. So, for me, I just think about it in multiple different streams of how does our community, outside of spending power, you know, build up and, and um, make ourselves more re- resilient as um, businesses and as uh, communities at large, community members at large. So I just think we have to think more differently about just the spending power. No, I love it. Um, and that's, to me, if you if you will, the buy black, in my opinion, quite often is a conversation that is reduced to just that. And so part of the reason why, if you will, I brought that to the table, because as you just said, there's these other means. And I would offer sometimes within certain conversations, if these other means are not brought up, it may be, I would say maybe sometimes there's a lack of awareness or, or maybe not a know-how. But the other part of it is institutional dollars are a, a bigger factor in, if you will, groupist economics and the lifting of the the ship, if you will, right? And so, um, to be, you know, you being in government contract and really understanding how to do that and take that approach, I think you understand exactly what I'm saying. And so, I only I'm only pointing it out because for a conversation that gets focused, as you just mentioned, on the spending power. It, it not only is it one stream versus the multiple ways, as you just mentioned, but the other part is lacking understanding how much wealth is actually built that route versus the spending. Does that make sense that, 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 that one, is the, the conversation is usually just there, and two, people think it can be more effective than it actually can be when you compare how institutions, industries, and the companies that we look up to, if you go into their history, there's usually that type of funding that's been a big part of how they scaled from a mom pop to a corporation. So um, to speak, if you could just kind of speak on that from, you know, just your background with and understanding how much wealth is built there versus, as we said, a focus on the spending power. Again, not saying that shouldn't be a leg, but it's just I think people are unaware of 
which one actually builds up some of these companies that we admire. Well, I think some of the, the biggest companies out there really have more government contracts than they have um, exactly. um, c- consumer dollars, right? Uh, <laughs> so I, I just, for me, I, I think that we just have to be um, very nimble. Uh, and you know, there are state contracts, there are gov- local regional contracts, there are government federal contracts, and trillions of dollars a year are being you know pumped out the door in that sense, right? So is there a business? Are there relationships that we can build um, as business owners that lets us tap into those type of streams of income that that will help, of course, can help us continue to build and grow? Because really, Black Friday or Spending Black or this notion around Black Black Monday, Black Friday, like all of that was about, you know, companies figuring out how to get out of from the red to the mm-hmm. black. But I'm all, I'm about that red, black, and green, right? So if we're in the red, <laughs> let's say as a community, right? How do we get into the black? Well, let's look at everything we can put at this table in order for us to get there. Do we need to JV and go get some of these institutional dollars? Do we need to figure out if there are public-private partnerships that we can create to to get uh, state funding for the, a project to build out what we need to do? Absolutely, right? Because we are, you know, we, we don't have to relive the numbers, but we are, you know, you know, 100 years behind the curve, and they did everything in their power to make sure we stayed there. Right from giving away all the land to you know keeping us out of uh, understanding of different resources. So um, yeah, I think there's a lot of businesses out there that should be very surprised to get their money and make their money um, and really grow their business off of, of course, these these federal dollars, these federal contracts. And then I just think we need to be nimble as a community in order to get into these spaces. I think you know organizations like you know she printed and. Uh, I've seen uh, Sheena Preneur do things around government contracting. We need to understand these spaces because that's where those dollars are, people. I, I don't think we could ever spend enough, really, as a community to touch those institutional dollars. Shadon, if you will, Queen, um, you know, just having gotten to know you personally and love and hearing your story over the years, can you talk about, in a sense, just your um, – your idea of you knew you wanted eventually you said I'm, I'm gonna leave the work world and become a full time entrepreneur and you've done it in an amazing way, but can you talk about even that transition of coming to understand in a sense these other dollars exist because I'm guessing I could be wrong, but I would I'm just I'm guessing that even initially getting into business you know, a lot of our people are not aware of what Tamika's talking about right now, right? And so you spend some a, a, a number of years just trying to stay in business because, again, it's a very unique skill set to be an entrepreneur and a full-time business person. And so some people, in my opinion, never figure out to even go after those dollars. And I don't know whether you have or not, but I know you're very aware that that exists. So I'm just kind of kind of throwing all that out to say, can you talk about your transition of becoming aware of that type of money, whereas maybe in the beginning, trying to stay afloat, you never even think about it. Maybe you didn't go through that, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs do. So if you could just kind of talk about that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. I think in the beginning, for most of us, we're bootstrapping. For Mm -hmm. most of us, we started a business because we needed 
to have a source of income of earnings or um, to take care of our family, right? And so we took something that we were good at and decided that we are going to monetize it. For me, it was a combination of that as well as I knew that it was my job to make a difference in my community. I know I was purposed to build something that set the tone for what we can do as a people. So I was I I came into business, growing this business, um, but also thinking from still thinking about it from a smaller mindset, right? Thinking, oh, I'm going to help other black businesses brand like a boss. I'm going to make sure that people know that they're here and thought that that would be my way to wealth. And over time, I realized that that's not going to be my way to wealth. I needed to tap into these corporations. And like Tamika said, most importantly, I had to tap into opportunities to have partnerships and joint ventures with others so that we can show up in these corporate spaces like the powerhouses that we are and have all of the legs that we need to run that contract, that relationship effectively and consistently. So the long-term goal then became let me go get the dollars that are truly mine, right, because Mm -hmm. their businesses were built on the backs of my people, so they owe me. So for me, my business obtaining corporate contracts and structuring ourselves to make sure that we can get grants and um, and different government opportunities is my form of reparations so that I can then build this multimillion-dollar empire and then come back to my community and say, okay, now let me show you guys how we did this. Let me show you why it's important that you stop trying to be self-made and build a community of other business owners um and and because we're we're nothing by ourselves and we're everything together so i just over time you learn that and you grow and it elevates it goes from i just want to work with this person on the left of me so i can get a $500 order and then you realize a $500 i can get a 5000 and then you get your first 10 and $20,000 opportunity and it just keeps growing and you realize that this is easier than they made it seem right <laughs> like it's it, it, we can really do this and then the world just blows up and for me um you know Tamika and I uh have a joint venture together and um but from day one when we got on the phone she called and she said this this is what I want to do and I said I've thought about that but if you're doing it I just want to support you and she was like, and I want to support you. And maybe, what, two weeks later, I was on a plane. We was off, <laughs> you know, looking at warehouses. And But we knew at that point with just ideas that we were going to work together to change the world. And that's what I think is most important, has been most rewarding for me in this process. No, I love it. I remember I got a, we got a caller. Let me jump to the caller, matter. Well, let me say this real quick. Um, one of our um, – Black level members. I remember I introduced you to him, Sudan. His name is Rashad, um, Rashad Howard. I'm gonna play a cut for him later. I don't know if he'll still be on the show uh, when I play it. 
But I remember when I introduced, I remember introducing saying to him, and he was like the first person, because, I mean, for those who do know, I'm a connector by nature. And so he had an event here, and I remember introducing you to him saying, um, I know she wants to scale to having her company publicly traded. And I know I had never said that about a black person in my entire life. And I just thought that was like the dopest goal in the world uh, of thinking of what that looks like. And it absolutely looks like this, these other monies versus the conversations of buying black getting reduced to only what we spend and we should only spend with each other and things of that nature. Again, I'm not opposed to those things. We're just trying to graduate the conversation to where the real dollars are. Let's go to the caller. Area code 919, last three, four, seven, five. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning. My name is Chris. I'm calling from Augusta, Georgia. And uh, Tamika, I heard you saying we need to be nimble and take advantage of opportunities. And you're absolutely right. They have done everything in their power and are still doing everything in their power to keep us in the dark as to how to advance us as a culture and as a people. But what I want to understand is what does it mean to be nimble and take advantage of these opportunities, I'm not understanding that piece of it. What does that mean? Go ahead, Tamika. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) Good question. So when I say be nimble, I mean get out of the mindset that you're only going to be catering to, let's say, one type of avenue of business. So, for instance, for me and Shadon, right, her uh, her ability to say you know yes or our ability and desire to say yes because we knew that by doing by being in business together uh, along certain lines of business it allow us to go further and so when I say be nimble I'm just thinking more so of, um, I bring it to more so of there are more avenues to where you're trying to go and how you're trying to achieve your business success than just one avenue and so you have to be nimble enough to to, to know that or, or to be open to that, and then when those opportunities do arise, begin to pursue them because that's where the growth is going to come, and that's where, you know, your ability to, for us, for those who are, you know, I know in this conversation, want to turn that back to growing our community is going to allow you and able to do just that. So being just being nimble enough to think outside of maybe what you've been we've maybe been told or what you what you know right now at this moment, just be nimble enough to be open to that growth, be open to those opportunities, and to be open to understand the different ways uh, that your your business can make money through different uh, partnerships and opportunities. So I'm going to give you a quick okay. example, um, Chris, and we can keep you on. i got to go to a break. But just a quick example, sure. let's say you start a mom-pop and you're, you're good at making soap, and so you make soap, and so you could – you know, you make a special, real different kind of soap or whatever, and it's real, and people think it's very good, and you should go into business. So a lot of people will go into business, go online, even may even get a store, if you will, and never think, for example, um, the government building over there needs soap. They never think to figure out how to get the contract and make way more money than they could ever make selling to each other and online and get a contract that buys 100,000 bars of soap every month. Like that idea of, is an idea of being nimble. Uh, we, are, we do got to go to break. So if you have any thoughts um, out of that, we'll get you out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think, ladies, this is just a cut. 
to kind of go back into some history of, of what buying black or selling to the Negro looks like. So y'all just tune in. I just want to hear y'all thoughts and then we'll get back to Chris as well. For the other callers out there, you do have to press one if you're trying to get in on this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. How do you sell to them? Let's find out. Let's hear the opinion of men who have spent a lifetime studying the buying habits of customers the world over. Here is what sales psychologists have to say about selling to the Negro. The secret of selling to the Negro is expressed in one word. That word is recognition. Now, there's nothing unusual about that. People want to be recognized. They need recognition. That's basic in all of us. But perhaps because he's had so little of it, the Negro needs even more. He needs to feel important and appreciated. This need is a very real and important one. It shows up even in many of the Negro's shopping habits. Anyone who sells or wants to sell to the Negro customer should know about some of these habits. Three habits in particular play a big part in every sales transaction. To begin with, most Negroes buy by brand. They ask for products by name. They're quick to turn down off-brands. Do you wonder why? Well, listen to what this customer is thinking. Hmm. That last hat I bought just didn't hold up at all. You see, for a long time, the Negro has been sold a lot of shoddy, second-class merchandise. So now he asks for name brands in order to make sure he gets his money's worth. Buying by brand, that's the first important Negro buying habit. Now for the second. The Negro buys good quality merchandise. Symbols of quality and prestige are very important to the Negro customer. This woman, for example, is buying fine crystalware, but she is also buying the admiration and approval of her friends and relatives. Listen to her thoughts. My, isn't it beautiful? I can hardly wait to show it to Sally and Joan. It's a well-known fact that many Negro customers are influenced by the opinions of others. What their friends may think of a certain item often decides whether or not the sale is made. So remember, the Negro buys quality merchandise. That's the second important point. And here's the third thing to remember when selling to a Negro customer. When he specifically asks for one thing, don't try to sell him something else. Don't try to switch him at the point of sale. If you do, he'll probably react something like this. Doesn't he think I've got the money to pay for it? There's a reason for this reaction. Again, because he's had experience with cheap merchandise, the Negro resents being offered a substitute. He wants to be sold on quality, not price. The Negro buys by brand, he buys quality, and he doesn't like to be switched at point of sale. These are the keys to selling the Negro customer. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, as we hear a cut for what I understand is a 1954 sales um, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they, it was a video at that time. It may have been a video. But either way, this is something that um, if you think about 1954, uh, we're going through, if you will, the, the segregation period in the South and kind of the South is pushing forward to push out of that. And so this is basically a sales video, if you will, to 
white business owners to say, hey, here's how you sell to this new class that now uh, has in the last decade has money for you to sell to. And so you're hearing these, these, the, the idea of how to quote unquote sell to the Negro at the time. Uh, Tamika, I'll start with you in hearing that. I'm pretty sure both of you being business owners have probably seen that video floating around um, the internet, but if not, either way, would definitely like to hear your thoughts on it. And I'll just highlight that when I see it floating around on the internet, people typically are upset at saying, hey, this is what they use and this kind of thing. And I've looked at it as, business trying to understand its consumers right or wrong, that's how they looked at it at the time. And I think personally some of that stuff still applies and it would be smart and behoove us to take advantage of consumers in that way as well. That's just my quick thought on it. Your thoughts on hearing that video, uh, Tamika? Yeah, I just I feel like the same things, uh, same themes from that video are applicable today. You know, people walking around talking about the 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 name brand that they have on or the quality of that name brand, and they, some of them stick with that brand for a long time, some for life. You know, we uplift them in all type all type of media platforms. So I I think these things that you hear coming out in that very old video are still themes today with respect to purchasing habits, you know, in general. And, yes, uh, you know, for black folks or how we purchase, I think we should look at the data about how we do that. But the themes are still there. Uh, so I, I think that it's, it's relevant to that degree. But, um, yeah, that's my first thought when I when I hear this, this old clip. Shadon, your thoughts to hearing that clip and maybe how applicable they are to today. And again, for me, I don't waste time being angry, especially if you are a consumer, if you are a business owner that has to sell, if you will, or wants to sell to our community. Again, that's just my personal view of hearing that. But your thoughts, Queen? I'm not offended either. I think it's important to know consumer habits, right? And so, Maybe people are a little uncomfortable with the description of quote unquote Negro, but the the truth is the truth. If this is how we spend and it still shows itself today, I think there's two things to gather from that. A, as a business owner, stop focusing on having the cheapest price, particularly when you're trying to sell to black businesses or black consumers, excuse me, because we tend to think, oh, black people don't want to pay, we don't, you know, there's other tropes and stereotypes around that. Mm-hmm. And this reminds you that that's not true. We will pay for things that we want. What are you doing to ensure that what you offer is something that the consumer wants? And I think that's where the responsibility becomes on the black consumer, but also the black business owner. If they're going to be more intentional about where they place their dollars, you still have to give them quality. You still have to create a memorable experience. You still have to give them what it is that they ask for. If you're going to show up in the space and say, well, why are they not buying from me? Well, because it looks like your product is worth $10 and they want something that looks like it's worth hundreds of dollars. So revamp the product or redirect your marketing to the true consumer that you want because it's in this case may not be the black consumer. So I, I don't have any issue with it. I think that when you know better, you should do better. If you know that this is how we consume, do something different 
to truly cater to consumer without assuming that they should buy from you solely because you all share the same hue. No, I love that. And I would just like to even point out this detail. And I love how you brought that to the table and got, got specific. If I could just add a little piece and I'll get Chris back on and make sure we answer his question good enough. Uh, but I'll just add, highlight because if you do hear that video, obviously it was in 1954. And like you said, the word Negro could be a little off-putting obviously for us in 2023, 2022, if you will. But that aside, the, the, again, I've seen people be upset about the video, right? And I'm highlighting that because you are disregarding, for example, when there's dialogue about why we waste our money on Dane brand, you're really disregarding who we are as consumers and the history of where that comes from. And, you know, and the short history is based on how we were intentionally undervalued, quote unquote, as second class citizens and, and, and worse throughout history. So having a quality thing actually mattered because prior to having access to these things, as the video said, used to getting cheap things so therefore we don't want anything cheap we want things that last if you will and so yeah if you mistakenly do not set your product up based on that consumerism and you're actually going after black dollars that's on you but we will often reduce it to as you said hey there's no money so we'll sell them something cheap and be upset when they're coming home with something with quality. So it just it, it plays out even in our regular dialogues, if you will. Let me get Chris back on real quick to make sure we answer your question. Um, Chris, any more, any, any more dialogue from you? But thanks for calling in. For other callers, you do have to press one if you're trying to get in. Go ahead, Chris. So I appreciate the explanation. It makes perfect sense. I do agree 100%. We do need to get out of our comfort zone and take advantage of the opportunities. So at this point for me, what I gather is, I need to identify those opportunities, whether they be government or partnerships with someone, and be able to be stronger together and, and take advantage of opportunities. So, yes, thank you for uh, explaining. I do understand it better now. Uh, that's perfect. And, again, it sounds like you might be in business. Um, if you're not already, you know, connected to your chamber of commerce or wherever you live, there will be a you, – you should seek out the government opportunities, you will be surprised what the government contracts for. It's damn near everything. So just keep that in mind, you know, in addition to finding partnerships. Just wanted to throw that out to you as well. No, that right there, that 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 one sentence illuminated a whole lot for me. Just when you say get in touch with your chamber of comment, comers, I, now I have a direction. So, I can start there and, and build on it. So I guess it goes back to what Tamika said. We've been kept out of it, so we don't know where are the starting points, what is the path. So what I was going to do is just do some research, but I will continue to do that, but thank you yep. for that because it gives me a place to start. Uh, that's what we do here, dialogue and connect, drop seeds to help you pro progress yourself. That's what the community club is absolutely about. Saturdays are just the way that we stay in contact because Shadon knows once a month we are kicking it at the coffee shop, and I was so glad to see Tamika a couple of months ago surprise me. She had been on the show a whole bunch of times, and Shadon has snuck her into the whole coffee shop on me. So, But that's what we do. We dialogue and connect and drop seeds. We're not here just to be a talk show. We want to drop seeds that you can take 
and progress yourself. And I hope, again, today's dialogue from these amazing entrepreneurs, Shadon and Tamika, are sharing with you. For anybody out there listening, you may have been in uh, a Shadon's boat, if you will, where it was just a process of learning, hey, there's these other places I should be looking, or even the concept that I, another myth that I'll throw out real quick and we'll get to a break, but another myth that I absolutely hate is we don't work together. It's so untrue on so many facets, and people might use one relative experience or a personal experience as you should have done. You even highlighted, I think, to a degree uh, when you were just talking about um, how easy you and her partnered together said yes, and two weeks later, you were on a plane, and that's, again, and our community is not doing that, or we applaud every other group for working together without realizing the successful brand, black brands that we see. If you dig into their story, they're probably stories like yours and Tamika. You said yes, linked up, and flew across the country, and are still friends, I don't even know how many years later. So if you could just speak to that briefly, we're going to go to a break after that, and um, we'll keep this conversation going. No, absolutely. I mean, just as simple as you you said is that the the people that you need are usually already in the room or within your universe. You know, Tamika um, learned about me through this community, if I if I remember correctly, and she can clarify. But I was in the right spaces, and you show up, and you show up as your authentic self. But when people reach out to you. And Tamika and I have had this conversation. Like, let your ego go. Get out of your own way. Too often we're so caught up in, well, I've already started this company and I want it to just be my company and I don't want to share and it needs to be my name and blah, 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 blah. None of that matters. If you look at these major corporations that can bind their resources together and merge under one umbrella or X both of their names out like Truist is a combination of two major banks. If they're partnering together to make billions and you still trying to hold on to your hundreds or a couple thousand by yourself because you just want it to be your own legacy, you're missing out. Open up your doors. And I would also like lastly say, it's not always about the dollar in the moment. We work mm-hmm. for companies for 5, 10, 25, 30 years, and they give you 3%, right. but you're not willing to commit to helping another black business grow for a couple years or even a couple months or invest in just some of your time. If you got 20 hours a week or 10 hours a week that you can say, hey, I can help you guys with your marketing, you don't think that when we blow, you're not going to blow too? Yeah, I love it. We have to get to break. That's so perfect. Yep, so perfect. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-781. 4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. 
Yes, this is the market we're talking about, the new Negro family. Their name is Wells or Wilson, Smith or Brown or Alexander or Breen. They live in Chicago, in Atlanta or New York, in Detroit, St. Louis, Los Angeles, any one of a thousand cities and towns. All over the country, families such as this are enjoying new prosperity. They have new interests, new standards of living, a buying power they've never enjoyed before. They're good prospects for practically all types of goods and services. All too often, though, they're overlooked prospects. Why? Because of some good, valid reason? No. They're overlooked because of mistaken ideas, because of out-of-date ideas about how the Negro lives and how he buys. The truth of the matter is that the Negro lives pretty much the same as other folks. He buys pretty much the same way, too. But just the same, a lot of old doubts and opinions keep cropping up over and over again. Oh, I don't like to do business with Negroes. They're drifters. You can't keep track of them. Yes, although a lot of people think that way, the truth is that one out of every three Negro families living in cities today owns its own home. That figure comes directly from the United States Bureau of Census. Uh, maybe so, but... Negroes are poor credit risks. Not more of a credit risk than any other group. Actually, the Negro home buyer meets his payments faithfully, often more faithfully than other race groups in the same economic level. That's the information we got from people who ought to know, the National Association of Real Estate Boards. Well, maybe, but I've always heard that Negroes buy shoddy, poor-quality merchandise. No, it's just the other way around. According to leading researchers, in proportion to population and income, Negroes buy more quality products than any other comparable United States group. You see, there are a lot of confused notions about the Negro customer. But when you dig right down and find out about them, they just don't hold water. Negroes own homes. They meet their payments faithfully. They buy good brands of merchandise. So why let a lot of old-fashioned ideas hurt profits? Take a look at the real facts. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, How Black is Black Friday? My special guest, Shadon Reynolds, CEO of She Princes and founder of Seize the Shirt Tamika Peoples as we play another cut from The Secret to Selling to the Negro. And I like to highlight this, Shadon. You might you may recall the last time you were at the live experience, we were talking about this some, and I just I like to highlight this because I think this should be a part of this conversation, if you will. Is the other aspect of this this video, I guess, happening in 1954 on the verge of segregation being ended in the South, if you will, to a degree. The other aspect is this video again was being pushed along to really business owners in the majority community, if you will, saying, hey, here's this whole other group that you now have access to, and here's some things you should learn about it. The other aspect of it is understanding that once those companies took advantage of their marketing, that is to a degree where you start having competition for black dollars once integration happened. But there's this aspect that I highlighted in the event that we believe that our people, to a degree, just as consumers, simply just decided 
to go over to, if you will, the white businesses because the quote-unquote white man's ice was colder and not understanding that it was completely stuff like this, a complete marketing to a group that they may have not marketed to prior, and it became the all-out competition. And you're talking about a pedigree who's just now, if you will, in the 50s, even being allowed to participate in business on a larger scale. There's no point in this history in which we did not have individual phenomenal black business owners, even during the enslavement period. That was the few. And so I just like to highlight that because I don't like looking down when it comes to buying black as if there's something wrong with us and not understanding the full scale and the now billions of dollars that are spent that you as a business owner are having to compete with all of these businesses in your field. And sometimes we don't think of that. We just think there's something we're not doing right, whether it's the business owners or the consumers. And we don't think about the billion dollar marketing um, money that Nike has specifically for market each year is literally $1 billion per year. We don't think about competing, that we're really competing against that, and that's what's happening with you, really most of you as first-generation business owners. I think that has to be a part of the conversation because, unfortunately, that comparison is so unfair because these things are not considered. I know I said a mouthful there, but jump in where you want to, Shadana. No, uh, there's a few things that I took from this. Um, uh, One is that they highlighted in the first clip that we like recognition. And we what I think white businesses have realized, mainstream businesses, majority-owned businesses, is that recognition to the black community is also just saying we accept you. We recognize you as a human and a consumer, and they know sometimes that's just enough mm-hmm. for us to feel welcomed, right? We'll play a rap mm-hmm. song in our commercial so that you mm-hmm. feel represented and recognized and that we like you because we want to be liked. My second thought is that the white supremacy is a mindset. Kanye has shown us that in recent times, but that has always been the case. And so because white supremacy is a mental illness and not one that's excused, let me be clear, but it's a mentality, we have to remember that black people also suffer from white supremacy as a mindset. And so as a consumer and also as a business owner, sometimes we don't give each other the same respect, love, Mm -hmm. quality, experience, because we're more excited about the white, the one white person that walks in our door and not as excited about the 98 black people who supported your business, right? So understanding that white supremacy is also playing a role in all of this. But at the end of the day, the facts are the facts. And so now that we know better, what are you doing with that information? They're telling you that this is the research that we did so we could know how to get your money. We didn't want your money because we didn't think that you were worthy of it, but we figured out that you do have some money, so we'll go ahead and take it from you. Now that you know that, what are you doing with this information? 
Are you just going to sit there and say, oh, okay, that makes sense, as you're riding to Walmart? Or are you going to say, yo, like maybe there are some things that I, I still am purchasing from these places, but let me stop and see what black-owned business that is operating to the expectation that I have of a business, where are they and not giving up on them? You had one bad experience, so what? How many times you went to McDonald's and the ice cream machine didn't work? How many times you went to Walmart and only two of the 300 lanes that they have was open? Give great yeah, ice cream. The ice cream ain't never working. All right. The ice and cream ain't never working. They never working. open up. They're still in that line. Three lanes, even during Christmas. They never. That's right. Not That's even right. during Christmas, but we stand in that line and we complain. And then we go to a black business and we say, "Well, I emailed them at two o'clock in the morning and they didn't respond back to me. That's why I don't do business with black people." Like, check yourself. That's right. And do Jump in, better. Jump in, Tamika. Any thoughts on this? <clears throat> again, this is just, just again, just trying to take Man, the quote unquote high and black got me up and walking high. around in, in the office now. <laughs> um, well, a couple of things. Like, so now you done said a whole mouthful, but that's right. How are you using the information? I will also add, you know, um, Montoya, you, you, you really made a good point in that these these institutions that are selling to us have been selling to us and tracking how they've been selling to us. Nielsen, Nielsen business ratings. I'm dropping mm-hmm. some jewels here. Go, go understand that they've been tracking our spending patterns since day one. And yes. you too have access to this information in these dialogues. Dues are being dropped, right? How are you using that information? But I would like to take it a step further. Let's talk about these institutional mojos who, who control the consumer industry. There's ways that we can start demanding, even with our dollars, right, based on how you spend, that more things start to show up in the shelves of these so-called institutions that have been controlling our spending, where we, the fact that you're even going to a target in, in the core of the urban core, ask yourself how it got there. The fact that you, every five miles there's a, there's a Starbucks, how did they come up with this five-mile mentality? Right, so there's. I think there's also things we need to be doing to start demanding that these institutions start to <laughs> buy from black businesses in ways that are representative to the dollars that we spend in their stores. I don't. Yeah. Ha- I don't want to have to keep having thirty, forty corporate cor- uh, courting conversations with, you know, I'm not gonna name them, but. Mm-hmm. It has to go beyond just us showing up in your door and you having a DEI program, yet nobody, no black, your black businesses represent less than 2% of your corporate buying, you know, uh, prowesses for that company. Right. That's just bullshit. We yep, need to demand absolutely. more. I don't want to have to go into yep. a Target and not find the stuff that I can find at Sea Prince or the other places. I want them represented. So they control it, and we need to start demanding right. that because, because they do have a 100-year head start, okay, right. we need to start demanding more of them. No, absolutely. And, and, and I, I know you got to go, Tamika. I know you got to go. So with that said, Queen, um, let people know how they can stay in contact with you. I want to respond to what you said, but I want to respect the time as well. So how do people stay in contact with you, in, and especially if there's – um, you know, any way they could do business with you. And please give all those details before we let you go. Absolutely. So you can find us at uh, c2shirt.com. You can find us on Instagram at c2shirt underscore. 
Um, you can, of course, purchase any of our products exclusively through She Prints It. And, yeah, that's, that's how y'all can find me. I'm always open to collaborations. We've done multiple uh, types of collaborations, but I'm trying to demand more and do more for our community and our people and certainly go get this land. So uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, Montoya. I'm going to try to listen for as long as I can. But uh, great conversation. Thank you. No, absolutely. I'm glad to find out. So the initial contact was you heard Shadun here. On, 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 I'm not reached out to you. Is that, is, is that what I think I heard Shadun say? I just want to mm-hmm. highlight it for mm-hmm. you. Oh, that's super dope. That's what we do. Yeah, we just yeah. dialogue and <laughs> so connect I people. Was, and huge and huge things yeah. happen. That is our history with this club. Go ahead, Queen. I think you were saying something. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted me to yeah tell yeah, a little more about that. Thanks for Don said it all. You know, I was I was I was listening to Mental Dialogue. I heard Shadon speak. She talked more about what she was doing with uh, she prints it, and I, I knew that we wanted to have. Outside of just producing the blank, we wanted to be able to offer uh, branding services on those blanks. So most people want to walk around with some type of saying on their shirt, right? Um, but, you know, I didn't want to do everything. I want, I want our company to focus on cotton farmers, land, making the line, you know, coming through with small batch opportunities and actually being a blank in the business. I knew I needed to be able to work with a print production company that could do amazing things and we're focused on our community. And when I heard her speak, I was like, that's everything. I need to talk it to is. And A real dialogue and connection. That's why I tell people to join the membership. Make Keep this community going because we have a whole bunch of stories just like that. I didn't. I forgot that it originated from her hearing her on the show. Now that you tell me that, I remember that story, but I forgot that. But, again, another connection. That's what we do. We'll be right back. Shadon, you got time to stay with me or you got to go as well? I want to make sure I respect your time, too. No, I can hang with you for a little while. All right, sounds good. Uh, we're going to go to this break, and we're going to keep this conversation. i got another business owner coming on as well. Uh, we'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the Connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them like over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side, they still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. 
Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. We've got to strengthen black institutions. I call upon you to take your money out of the banks downtown and deposit your money in Tri-State Bank. We are telling you to follow what we are doing. Put your money there. You have six or seven black insurance companies here. Take out your insurance there. Now, these are some practical things that we can do. We begin the process of building a great economic base. We've got to give ourselves to this struggle until the end. We've got to see it through. So our people not only have to be uh, re-educated to the importance of supporting black business, but the black man himself has to be uh, made aware of the importance of going into business. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how black is Black Friday? I've been having a wonderful discussion with Tamika Peoples, who just left us on the first out from seeds to shirts as a guest. I still have Shadon Reynolds on with me live on the air from Sheep Princess. I want to get in the commercial you just heard, my brother Tobago from DBS Sounds. How you doing, King? Thank you for coming on with us. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Let me get him back in here. All right, brother, we got you live. Thanks for coming on with us, King. How you doing this morning? Hey, how you doing, Black Socrates? I'm doing fine, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I've been enjoying the discussion since 10 a.m. Hey, I love it. With that said, man, for, um, give me a quick thought on what you've heard before we even tell them about your business and the stuff you're doing. I want you to take part in the conversation. Um, just so y'all know, DBS Sounds, as you just heard, is one of our um, latest sponsors to the Mental Dialogue talk show. So we are especially thankful uh, to this brother for supporting what we're doing on the air. But if you will, um, here in that first hour, anything that came to mind that you wanted to, to jump out and speak on? I love how the sisters was talking about um, government money out there, you know, and uh, how they uh, went out there and got it and um, established themselves and their businesses. You know, sometimes our head be down and just, going about our business we don't we don't even take time to understand that that there's entity out there to help us get to the next level so i I really love how they're doing their thing i also enjoyed how they connected on your show so it shows the relevancy and the importance of of, uh being involved with mental dialogue because they met on your show and then after they partnered together and then she also said something that struck a chord with me that she said that how you'd be there making your millions or your hundred grands or a few hundred and thinking you're leaving a legacy uh, doing it by yourself, but the partnership with partnering with other businesses, uh, that struck a chord with me because I'm one of those that mm-hmm. I had a partnership in business before and it didn't go well and it left a sour taste in my mouth. So by her highlighting that, that, that really, um, 
open my aerials to see that's something I might need to entertain again because I have people that want to work with me, but I kind of, um, you know, that, that bad experience stuck with me. So I, I really thank them for sharing that information, and that's really what the show is about is sharing information, and that, that really helped me out a lot. Thank you. No, that's dope. That's what we do. We talk about it all the time. Shadun, she's been with me a lot of years. We want to challenge our own thoughts, me and Shadun. We're we rocking together today, but we've been on this show going at it like cats and dogs before. But we say that because at the end of the day, it's the challenge so that we get better. You know what I mean? We don't, we, she, yeah. not, she knows we don't have to agree and things like that. But, again, this is a, a show about business. Uh, you know, Minute Dialogue is a business, if you will. It's really more of a community, if you will. But she's the expert here. So there's nothing really for me, if you will, to argue with her about. And, you know, and like I say, to her point, she's challenging you on your relative experience that, you know, don't let that one time stop you. Uh, but if I go back to you, right. or whatever, I, I love, um, if you will, Shadon, highlighting that we just heard Martin and Malcolm um, kind of just give their input, if you will, to today's by black conversation, right? When we ask how black is Black Friday, because quite often people don't recall or don't know how much Malcolm and Martin both were on that. They were on that. A lot of times people don't know that because of how they've, in a sense, uh, you know, how they're propagated in the media today. But Martin in particular was on that. It's like, take your bank money over here and bring it over here to us. Right. We, we're you know, we're in Atlanta with, you know, in a sense, technically two black owned banks, if you will. But they was on that. A lot of times people don't know that. So I just thought it was pertinent to bring that to the discussion today. Any thoughts about hearing Martin and Malcolm just kind of say, hey, the importance of going into business and spending with your own. Any thoughts on that, Queen? No, it, it, my first thought is and this is why they took their lives, because they were giving us. The jewels. They were letting us know that despite what they tell you, your dollar matters. I think about Kazende from Black Dot. He tells this um, this story or proverb about um, this village, and um, just a quick, short version of it is that each person, when somebody is welcomed into the village. Every person in the village gives them $1 and one brick. And if there's a million people in the village, then you can walk into the situation with a million dollars and enough bricks to build a mansion. And the reason that stands out to me is that every penny counts. If you're thinking, I'm just buying this soap, well, the person sells the soap for $5 and you buy five bars of soap a month and you do that for 12 months and imagine if a 100 of you all did that, what that would do for that business. And you're saying, well, they don't market to me in the same way because they don't have the same dollars. So put your money there and then you can hold them to account. Then you can say, we've made you this much money. I expect this from you. But we don't even do that. We have a set expectation of each other that we don't have of the people who have the money to show up and show out for us. I think um, just really quick, my last point is that I think about one time I was doing an interview and the person came on. They were talking about my wins and my successes and the amount of money we've gained over the years. And somebody said, well, how much of that do you give back? And although I give back all the time, that really stood out for me because I wonder 
Do you even know who owns Walmart? Have you ever asked where their dollars go? Do you not pay attention when they show you that most of their money is being given to politicians that are laying out policies that don't benefit you? But you're quick to look at people who look like you when they only have a couple dollars and ask them what's their give back? Like, we have to do something different. I'm not going to say do better because we're learning as we go, but we have to do something different. And the small change is simply saying, I am going to buy this same thing that I always buy, but I'm just going to buy it from this store, right? There's black-owned retail stores that resell things. I'm going to buy it from that store instead of from this store. I have the ability to do graphic design. I'm going to offer my services five hours a week to this brand and help them with their marketing. That will be my give back. Um, Or... I am going to see if my my child is turning 16. I'm going to find some black-owned businesses because whether you believe it or not, we can afford to hire part-time help. I'm going to take my 16-year-old to go work at this record shop instead of at this Walmart because this king is going to teach him things that nobody in Walmart will teach him. Hey, exactly. we got to yeah. do something different guys, and we all have the ability to do it. And I think, again, remember that the people who were trying to teach you that were removed from us, and it's for a reason, because they know when we know better, we do better, and we do better, we will change the world. Dope, Queen. Um, Tobago, any thoughts to what the Queen's saying? Go ahead, Queen. Go, go ahead and jump in this thing with us, King. For the callers out there, I see a lot of callers out there. Some of y'all look like some first-time numbers. So listen to me closely. If you want to join us, you have to press 1. I know my regular listeners that listen via the phone, no problem. But if you're trying to get in on this conversation, you have to press 1. For the online listeners, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. It's 646-787-1691. I love that analogy. Say so she's going to send her, her children to work at, uh, at DBS Sounds, Tobago versus Walmart. I like that. I love Let's it. Give it I, love back. It. I, 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 I love it. I love it. To her point, we think of give back one way, and the way we think of give back quite often hurts our most successful people. We've done dialogues about people as they're elevating, as they're whether they're getting absorbent income from being an engineer or being an athlete, and the, the idea of giving back doesn't let them go as far as they can actually go, which would elevate us even more. So we have to expand buying black and what it looks like. Buying black is making the relationship, being challenged on this show to look at partnerships because who can you bring with you, Tobago? Go ahead, King. Yeah, yeah, I love that point she made too and also the analogy of, um, you know, people always looking at at the black business as far as giving back and these pork, uh, these corporations take money out of our communities every day. She spoke about the Walmart, but what about all these wing places and hair products, uh, uh, these uh, black uh, uh, selling black products, uh, these um, beauty supply stores is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, we, we do things where we give back, we feed the community and, uh, once a year and you know we do different give backs and 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 they never challenge them that's in our communities to um, give back so that that point she made was 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 profound and also yeah i like that i like what she said about sending the 16 year old to bbs i like that because you know i have a wealth of uh, uh, information and, and always can run my mouth about doing better you know 
<laughs> I like nah, that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud of you, bro, because yeah, yeah, your children are following after your footsteps in business, and they're going to be major, yeah. major, major. We're up against another break, so if I will, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. One visit to their website, LivyBlue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Jalivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at LivyBlue.com. That's L-I-B-I-B-L-U-E.com. Because here's the thing, 99.9% of our community will never talk to someone that can, you know, confidently say, yeah, I've, I've generated over $100 million, right? So, like, how did, you, how did you get to that point? I mean, most of the time when we're having that conversation, we're having a conversation with a professional athlete or someone that tells jokes for a living, not someone that mm-hmm. is an entrepreneur categorically. So how did, you, how did you catapult yourself to that level? Man, um, great question. Um, you know, I, I, it's, I think it's a series of things. Um, so, so there was a point where I left a previous company, and um, and I was sitting in front of um, a former customer of that company, um, who who said something to me, and, and you know, her words were, um, "If you could come back, and, and and you have your all your ducks in a row uh, as a as a small business." Um, I'll give you this contract, right? And so, you know, I, I went back, got my ducks in a row, came back and took the contract, and I got sued. And I got sued for the the the, the suit, I think, was, was for like for $75,000. And we ended up settling. And I don't remember how much I'm allowed to talk about or not. Don't, but um, we ended up settling. <laughs> but I got sued. And I remember somebody saying, I was at a motivational speakers conference or what have you, probably about three, four years before that. And I remember somebody saying, he was, he was, you know, kind of a, kind of an a-hole, but, you know, but he was rich. And, you know, so I was listening. And he said, man, you're not in business until you get sued. Like, you know, welcome to the <laughs> new world. If, if you're getting sued, then you know you're in business because you're a threat to somebody. And, and at that point, you know, now you know you've got some, some real, you've got some real business that you can do. And so I remember when I got the letters from, from, you know, this person's lawyer, I was initially afraid because I'd never been thrust in that situation. And, and then I remembered those words, and I got so excited because I was like, wait a second, these people think I'm a threat. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how black is Black Friday? Our special guest is Shadon Reynolds of Sheep Prince, as well as Tobago from DBS Sounds, one of our newest sponsors. As I play a cut from Rashad Howard, one of our black-level members who takes part in our masterminds, you hear a cut with him and Terry Simmons dialoguing about his success in business. And I want to bring, I wanted to bring that, to the show for a particular reason because I wanted the buying black conversation today to really be elevated and you hear him talking about scaling to the point where he had become a threat 
and we recently had a do- our last master- mental dialogue mastermind for our black and platinum level members was specifically about business and lawsuits. And we had uh, an amazing guest, uh, attorney Edward Hopkins, who specializes in um, um, it is um, slips my mind, but he specializes in this type of litigation where he was teaching our platinum and black level members how to take advantage of even lawsuits to make profit. And here Rashad saying, hey, I'm really in business now. I'm, I'm highlighting that because buying black is also a lot of what you're hearing today. The introduction of um, Shadon to Tamika via this dialogue. Um, Tobago saying, hey, I've been challenged just by listening to Shadon. Like the versions, when Shadon says expand your mind, buying black looks very different than worrying about specifically where we are spending our dollars and the relationship to where we're not able to see it on the higher level like Shadon speaks to. And you listening to, again, one of our black level members who has homes around the world and lives in the United States from time to time, but his scaling was the idea of being able to handle lawsuits. And what happens is a lot of times when our owners are going into business, we never think of success to the degree that one day, someday you may get sued. So we wanted to have that dialogue because staying in business sometimes includes being able to survive a lawsuit. So sometimes to make this all full circle and come around, when Tamika highlighted, we are a hundred, we're a hundred years on catching up. Like our entrepreneurs Black entrepreneurs and business owners are so creative that they're typically starting out $200,000 less than the, than the majority culture when they start a business who still fail at 80%. Again, entrepreneurship and business is a unique skill set. I'm highlighting these details for everybody out there listening because, yes, that leeway, as Shadun has mentioned, has to be given so that we can scale to the point where a lawsuit don't even scare us like you just heard of Rashad Howard. So, Shadun, I'm going to ask you to jump in because I know that probably didn't seem immediate, relate, immediate, immediately related to today's discussion, but I wanted our buying black conversation to be very different than what people are used to hearing. Your thoughts on kind of everything I threw out there kind of all, in a, you know, all at once. What, your, what are your thoughts, Queen? No, the first thing that really grabbed my attention excuse me, is just talking about how on average we start with 200000 less than other communities that still fail in the first few years at the same rate, right? And so I, I just wish people would stop and think about that because right. people are starting with $200,000, and most of the business owners that you know, probably started with $200 in their own personal bank account. <laughs> like, like, let's make it, I really want people to stop and think about that, right? Because if you don't have, money is power. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how you feel about it. There's an amazing book that I'm reading by uh, Rachel Rogers. I think it's called We All Deserve to Be Millionaires. But what I love about this book, is that 
systematically we've been trained in our community that money doesn't matter and it's not that important while everybody else is killing it because of the money that they have. And and so in that book, it, in this conversation, it just reminds me that if you have small business owners in your community that made something out of nothing, I made something out of nothing, imagine if I got to, um, and I still give back, and I still created my own grants where I gave back in the heart of the mm-hmm. pandemic to other small businesses, right, because I knew that they needed something and I didn't have much to give, but I gave what I could. If I did that as a thousandaire, <laughs> imagine <laughs> what life would look like is like mine and people like me to become multi-millionaires. You don't have to ask us to do. We're going to do anyway. Were you still trying to figure out who owns Walmart? Somebody can't even get on this line and tell me who owns Walmart. You may know McDonald's because there was a movie about it, but most of these places, you don't even know who owns Nike. You don't even know who owns the places that you've given all of your hard-owned dollars to, and you know for a fact that they have done nothing for you. My last quick point I think about, and the reason why my partnership with Tisha Shirt was so important, because we went through this Black Lives Matter movement, and as a print company, um, I didn't get a lot of that large business, right? And most of those large print jobs didn't come to black-owned printers. But most importantly, I thought Gildan, Gildan sold billions of shirts that had black empowerment statements on it, right? Even if it was a black printer, that blank T-shirt was sold by the billions. You don't even know who owns Gildan. You've never heard them help do anything. But y'all out here buying, and we all buying this brand in droves. And they're making money off of our backs and our movements. And then this queen comes in, and she produces black cotton, black source, manufactured in Africa, of black women farmers working with black cotton farmers in the U.S. and black gin companies, intentional to make sure there's a black company that are sole print company and distributor of her products. I understand why you may not know, but now that you know, what are you going to do different? Stop blocking the opportunities for your own blessings because if I win, if this king, these kings on this line win, if most black businesses win, then we all win. And that's just facts. Because in, in our nature, to nurture and care for each other, even in the worst situations. So, so true. No, so true. I, I love your passion. No, 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 you didn't get off topic. You're on topic. 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 Don't even, no, 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 please do not, not apologize. I think you're absolutely on topic. The question is, how black is Black Friday? And you're speaking to her. We actually got a caller. Let me go to the caller before I get back to you, Tobago. Area code 404-3274. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Uh, hi, everyone, from Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I'm going to make my uh, statement real quick. Um, you know, black lives seem to matter only when it comes to votes and dollars. So there's a lot of um, information out there about what the black, vo- what the black person uh, spends their, their money on. 
you know. Um, but I, I want to really focus on um, what was said earlier about this mentality of um, white supremacy, even in the black community, and this idea that um, black still, in some people's mind, does not mean quality. Well, if you look at that marketing clip that you, you uh, played earlier, that focus on the black consumer focusing on quality, we do spend a lot of our mindset um, focusing and picking out quality items, not just to consume, but also to sell. So mm-hmm. black businesses are quality-focused businesses. Um, and one thing that I'm trying to do to change that white supremacy um, um, mentality is I encourage my entire family for Christmas or for holiday, however you want to say it, to um, make your list for others and buy black for Christmas. Everything that yeah, you purchase for it. Christmas be from a black-owned business. And so, and I, it's my easy to do is, now, Bobby. It's much easier. It's yeah. much easier because the pandemic pushed everybody online. So it's super easy now. Go ahead. Right. Now. I'm sorry, brother. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. I'm encouraging my family to do that. And um, what I want to talk about, and hopefully we can talk about how do we, at the grassroots level, um, encourage our families and our communities to, to, buy, to buy black because that is a source of empowerment and power that we have is our, our dollar, you know. Um, and so that's the question is how do we encourage others in our family and our community to buy black? No, I love it. I think what you're doing is a perfect example, um, you know, where you're sending out saying, hey, here's an edit for, our, you know, you're just being very, in, that's, you know, Shadon's favorite word is being very intentional. So you're intentional saying, hey, not only am I doing, but I'm expecting our Christmas list to look this way. So, yeah, it becomes, you know, become a cheerleader anytime you get an excellent item from one of our quality black-owned businesses is to become a cheerleader. Set out edicts like that. Like, there's a, a lot of numbers. Like, again, I have this Buying Black Manifesto, but in that, a, a number I got from Dr. Boris Watkins, I'd like to give credit to my sources, but just um, a 3 to 5% increase because here's the reality in, you know, our American society. Like, sometimes people get real um, granular into this conversation and have this concept of, you know, that we would only buy from our own. And that's just. Um, to be factual, that's very unrealistic. And as we've mentioned, there's other streams of income right. that you want to get wealth with the government. So partnerships is the way to go, just to kind of highlight that. But I'm saying that just to say this part, that ultimately just a 3 to 5% increase, which requires the intentionality that you have and that you're done always speaks to, literally will create job and employment from our own. Mm-hmm. That if, you, if, that you, right. if you're that much more intentional these business owners like Shadon, like Tobago, will have income to hire more people, and there's nothing like job creation. Creation that is the biggest right. buying black right. that you can right. do. We are up against the break. I will keep you on. I want to get um, Jolivia on is another one of our sponsors, but I want to make sure I let people know about Tobago before we go. So uh, we're gonna play this break. And I'll make sure we let people know how they can get all of their records and music needs met by DBS Sounds when we come back. All I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. 
Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Maybe. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address in case I get a chance to swing by there? I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. That even starts with um, clarity, meaning I believe the most important thing that you need to have to be successful or to lead people or to drive any movement is clarity. If you don't have clarity, you can't be aggressive. If somebody can't be aggressive in terms of moving something forward, you may get there eventually, but you're not actually going to be moving it at the speed that it needs to be moved, let alone the intensity that it needs to be moved and the preparation that it needs to be moved to actually make something happen. If, if, if people are unclear, they can't be aggressive, and we need aggressiveness. We need understanding. We need clarity on what we're actually trying to do, and, and I think that's what you're trying to, to point to. And then the other thing about capitalism that you mentioned was um, to respond to that, uh, we're not going to change capitalism in in in, in America. That, I mean, that is a that is a that is a useless effort to try to say we're going to change capitalism. It's not going to happen. That that's not that that I think that is putting your ladder against the wrong wall if you think the the movement is to try to change capitalism. Um, w. B. Du Bois said that capitalism was like having three ears of corn. You eat one, you sell one, and you save one for next year's harvest. Now, if you think about capitalism in that, in that way, and we learn to adopt that philosophy, you can't tell me that we can't build something special. So when in Rome, do as the Romans do. We're not going to change capitalism, but we need to understand it and then begin to use it to our advantage to the point we were talking about earlier, but then how can we use it to develop more in our community, have the right ideas, and then execute on it appropriately. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how black is Black Friday? As we hear a longtime sponsor, Mark Rager, CEO of Money Motivation and Black Level member as well, talking about the clarity we need for any movement and understanding this game is out here to be played and played well. So if we will, Tobago, real quick before I let you go, King, thank you for, again for being one of our newest sponsors. Tell them about anything y'all got going. I don't know if you got any Black Friday specials, anything at DBS Sounds, but you are the place to get your vinyl game up. Um, so if you could just speak to that. I got another uh, owner to come on right after you. So if you will, King, just let them know how they can stay in contact and any specials you got going. Hey, thank you, Montoya. Um, well, we run in a, a, a original vinyl. We we have original presses, twenty percent off Black Friday sale, and then we also part of Record Store Day, where it's exclusive vinyl that comes out just for Black Friday. We run in a five percent. But one thing I want to mention before we get off the call, Montoya, I also started a Black Coalition of Record yes. Stores all around the country. Yes. The name of the coalition is called FAMS Coalition, F-A-M-S Coalition. 
is Fam's Coalition of, on Instagram, and it's famscoalition.com. We're building the sites, but you could go on there and get the list of stores all around the country. My goal is to get every black-owned record store around America under my coalition, Fam's. And when I say me, it's me starting it, but I have a board, and, and, and we, we partnered with Ingram, which is the second biggest distribution company in America. So um, uh, I like how the sister's saying partnering with, with uh, uh, corporations and stuff like that. So I've done that, and we launched uh, last week. So famscoalition.com, you can find a black-owned record store there around the country. Thank you for no, having me. Now, and, and visit us at dbssounds.com or just pull up to Riverdale or D, uh, DBS Sounds ATL on Instagram. So I appreciate it again, and thanks again. Nah, thank you. Super dope on that coalition. That's black business owners coming together, leveraging, partnering up with the, one of the largest distributors to create that coalition. That's how we got to move. That's a, that's how you be nimble, if you will. So thank you for that, King Shadon. Let me check on you real quick. You still got time with us? I got a, another. I'm just trying to highlight as many black-owned businesses as I can. Obviously, I'm, I'm highlighting my sponsors because that's how I feel on the air. So I got Delivia Northern from Livy Blue Studio uh, Photography coming up next. But I want to make sure I'm being respectful of your time as well. How you doing over there, Queen, before I talk to Olivia? No, I'm good. I, I'm going to ride with you to the wheel fall off. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. All right, let's get Jolivia on again. This is How Black is Black Friday, and you ain't got no excuse if you're listening to this show because we sharing with you some of the best in the business, the best in their industries. So if you will, Jolivia, how are you doing, Queen? Thank you. I don't know how much you've been able to tune in to, but we'll just kind of let you jump into the conversation and give us any thoughts to what you've heard thus far before we actually introduce your business. We're just going to let you take part in the conversation, and before we let you go, we'll let them know how they can keep up with you as well. But go ahead, Queen. Any thoughts? on what you're hearing today, and, and hello to you, if you will. Hello. Thank you so much for allowing me um, the opportunity to speak. Yes, I am a full-service, high-quality uh, photography business. I focus on families, graduations, parties, um, everything that you would need for photography. Um, I am different because I believe in um, creating wall art, um, essentially our legacy for the for your home. Um, a lot of times we'll go out and buy a picture at Home Goods, and it has no meaning or no, um, it doesn't speak to you in any type of way. But my goal is to create high quality, heirloom quality uh, photos, uh, portraits for your for your home. And so I've been doing uh, photography for about ten years, over ten years, and I really believe that pictures should speak to everyone. I feel like it should stop moment. It should bring people to a time where they're um, with their loved ones and it is, it is aesthetically pleasing. And so that is my, my goal to leave um, people with a legacy um, of portraits. A lot of times we'll, in moments we'll think, oh, we should have pictures because all the family's together and you need someone to capture that moment. And I am the one for that. Um, I absolutely love it. It is done with love. I put my heart into it. I really believe that it's something that God created me to do. Um, and so I want to share it with you. Um, a, a lot of people, you know, think of Sears and, and JCPenney's as pictures, but that wasn't done out of love. And so every picture that I take is done with, is seasoned with love. And so I want to encourage you to have this, this holiday season to have your pictures made 
Um, you know, my, my number one thing is asking people, well, when's the last time you, you know, had a family picture done? And <laughs> it's crickets or it's been over five years. And to me, to me, those moments are are fleeting, and um, you you always need those photos to have a, a legacy to show generations to come. So, so that is my that is my goal. That is my um, love and joy to do. Uh, right now, I have many sessions going on. Many sessions are quick quick sessions, but they get the job done. And then, if you want a a family extended family or family portrait, um, I I am your girl. <laughs> I am your girl for that. Um, I have high quality equipment, experience, and love. And so I think that's the things that make up a, um, a awesome, awesome experience for my clients. Yeah, we're talking to a published photographer here just by the way. And, again, glad to have you on as, as our actually newest sponsor. So thank you for the support of what we're doing here. And, Shadon, I definitely hear her passion and that's something that you always speak to and also speak to that reality to, to, to if the information we've been hearing today, that we like high-quality items, we like high-quality experiences. That is our reality despite any myths that sometimes if you, in a sense, have a short-sighted mindset or I would say even haven't been exposed to the realities of the numbers of how we consume and how we buy black, if you will, it's that passion that makes the experience different, and that's what makes you know me getting my mental dialogue shirts from you different because it's going to be done with that passion versus like you talked about. I could have went to Gildan and had my shirts done, and they come in the mail with none of, none of that. But you know, I love when we did our bad by Black Day. You know, you you know, I, I owed you a bag because of your longtime membership. So I come in and surprise you, say, you know what, I'm re upping on these dope ass shirts. You know, I, I love that opportunity. That's a relationship I can't have with, as you said, whoever the hell the owner of Gildan is. So, uh, if you will, just uh, what, what do you hear in in, in um, Delivia's passion that, that 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 speaks to this more this morning's conversation, if you will? I hear that you're not going to get that anywhere else, right? And so, I think about when this queen is talking about how much she loves what she does. And what stood out is that she she specifically says that she does it with love, that you can go to Sears or whomever else, picture people, whatever else is out there, but that's a $10 an hour worker just trying to get the job done for the day, take your pictures and keep it moving. She's going to be intentional about saying, let me capture that moment. My family and I just took family photos with a black photographer, um, and she was very patient and loving with us and she took time and she let us do extra stuff and that's another thing that I know comes with being doing business with black businesses is extra you never get exactly what you pay for there's always extra that comes with it you know my toy you can tell you even when doing business with us you order this I'm more likely to give you extra or right. if you come and you say I just want this one thing and it doesn't align with our minimum for most listen in most cases we don't do that now listen but my toy will tell you as a long time customer he's come in he's like I just want something on this jacket I got you bruh and at no charge I don't even want your money because I want you to show up at excellence, but we built that relationship, right? So I want you all to also understand that because 
I don't know about this queen, but there's also times when people come to me and they tell me what they what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, can you make this one shirt for me? Because I'm going to do a lot of business with you one day. No, baby, that's not how life works. You guys need to do business and not as you're doing us a favor because you're not. This queen is an award-winning published uh, photographer. You're talking about an award-winning um, high-contract earning print company, you're not doing us a favor. You're paying for something that you needed already, and you're going to get the bonus of having an exceptional product, exceptional customer service, and then the double bonus of it being from somebody that looks like you. Because when we win, like I said, we all win. And the more I win, the more likely is that I'm going to leave behind successors my my children will be able to build something that will change the next generation and so on and so forth. It's bigger than you and me. It's bigger than you, quote, unquote, making somebody rich. You're doing it anyway. Keep doing it, but make sure you're doing it for people who are going to operate in love, that are going to show up with passion, that will always go above and beyond for you. And my last piece is that, And remember that we also are all not the same. So don't come at this queen saying, well, I ain't been doing no black photographer because my last black photographer did this. That ain't got nothing to do with her. Right. Show up in her space with respect and understand that you've decided that you're going to try another company because you need pictures regardless. And don't Mm -hmm. bring the mess from somebody else to her front door. Let her show you what she got. And if you don't like that, then go to another black door because we're not all the same. Now, yeah, but I absolutely. salute you, Queen, and I need to go follow you on Instagram. Yeah, that's what we do. Dialogue and connect. That's what's going to – that's what we do here. And, I, you know, that example is perfect. We're up against a break, so I'll get another thought from Jolivia out of the break if you got time. Um, but I'll just say, you know, just being fu- a little funny here. But, yeah, if I'm, if I'm, I'm tired of Walmart, got their two little lines, and I went over to Target. I don't go in Target saying, well, I came over here because Walmart only got two lines. Like, I don't do that. I show up yeah. and do business. So that that matters when we talk about buying black. Because, again, buying black, people rarely think of it from the owner's side. That's why I'm glad to have a Shadon on. I'm glad to highlight a Tobago, highlight a Jolivia, who I see does excellent work. Because we still vet even those who promote with us. We don't let anybody promote, even though I need it. But to be fair to this community, we still vet who we allow to showcase to you. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community.
Powernomics is a five-story building. The first thing you all should be doing, as I said, get you some institutions like the chamber and started teaching, acquiring health, uh, wealth and power through operating businesses. If you build an economy, that's a five-story building. The first floor must always be economics. Always build an economy before you do everything else. The first floor is the economy. The second floor is politics. The third floor is the court and police departments, the enforcement system. The fourth floor is the media. The fifth floor is schools. Now again, you've been bamboozled on that because they keep telling you that you go to, go to send black folks to school, go, jump to the fifth floor and try to come back down. Education can't do nothing. Education is just a tool. You start with your economy. Once you build an economy, a viable, competitive economy by making your money circulate eight to 12 times, you take that money and you move to the second floor. The second floor is your politicians. Don't worry about voting. You don't have to vote. People that got money, whether it's organized crime or wealthy people, they don't have to vote. You take your money on the first floor and you buy every politician on the second floor. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how black is Black Friday? Our special guest is CEO of She Princess, Shadon Reynolds, as well as another sponsor, Jolivia Northern from Livy Blue Photography. As you hear a cut from Dr. Claude Anderson, again, just a little cut. I want to make sure I provide some context because we like to challenge each other's thoughts, and I thought it was pretty funny to just end it with the buy a politician, just to highlight, because we're, uh, we're in the runoff season. We just had the midterms, if you will. But I just highlight um, how I hear Dr. Cloud Anderson saying, hey, you know, the idea of buying black should include, in my opinion, buying politicians. And that's a whole nother level and just another thought that in, in a sense that I wanted um, to shoot out there, if you will, when we have this buying black conversation, I didn't want it to be just about how we spend our money. That is the minimum way to buy black. The things we're talking about today have been a much higher level conversation. Um, but, Jalivia, I don't know how much time you have, so I wanted to jump back with you, Queen, um, if you will. Um, but just, um, you know, you're here from what I said, and, you know, in the Atlanta area. You've been doing this for a decade. And so um, just can you highlight even in deciding to become, in a sense, a photographer and do it for yourself, you know, and have your own business, is there anything you could highlight when it comes to this even concept? Um, because, again, when you go on your site, I, I, I think I see something that we definitely stress in the Buying Black Manifesto, which is, Buy black, sell to everyone. So when people go to your gallery, you're definitely working with all groups and all cultures, if you will. Uh, but is there anything you can point to um, for, as a unique experience, specifically being a black woman business owner, if you will? Anything specific that that you could speak to in this conversation that you might want to bring up before we let you go? So absolutely. So not only, you know, am I a black run business, but when I go out for a stylist or hair and makeup, then I have a team of women and uh, men that I work with as well. So it's not just, you know, me coming up. I also have a team of people that I work with and we um, work together to, to build um, black businesses. You know, it's not just me. I, I never, think that um, it's, you know, it's, it's just about me. And, and furthermore, you know, sometimes people want things um, that I don't do. And so I have a, a list of women and men that I, uh, employ, that I refer as well. So I feel that we all, it's, there's enough people in this world that we all can 
help and uplift each other. So I really believe that that is the way forward. Um, so it's it's not just about me. It's, it's it's everyone. You know, everyone is responsible for the forward movement of our people. So. No, no I love it. And here's a concept I want to explore in this last segment, if you will. Julie, do you have time to stay, or do we need to let you go? I want to be respectful of your yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, cool. Yeah, we only got this is the last segment. So I just wanted to give even more context. Uh, at the end of the day, if you are a longtime listener or if you know me personally, um, I, I'll say sometimes like context and perspective is is ultimately where I like to, in a sense, challenge any of us, myself to included. That's why we welcome different opinions or whatever. And um, if you you know for the callers out there, if you didn't realize that you could press one and still get in this conversation, I see several callers out there. Again, if you're just enjoying via the phone, no problem. Uh, but I wanted to bring another c- concept and context to really put this in perspective. And for the last 40 years or whatever, and it came really in the forefront, I remember starting to hear it in the 80s and 90s, and you don't hear it quite as much no more. But, uh, Shadon, if you remember, you've definitely heard the concept by, by, by American, right? You've heard that that concept mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever. And so when it started getting pushed in the 80s, again, it's been pushed for longer than that, um, really started in the 50s from what I understand. Um, but I remember when that messaging started getting pushed in the 80s from our U.S. government, if you will, you would see it by American. And so sometimes people, and I'm just really highlighting on the higher elevated conversation. So I've heard people equate by America and by black in being similar. And I want to highlight the specifics to by American so that people can, in my opinion, fully understand a lot of what we've been talking about today. So just a little context for by America. So Buy America ensures, this is some notes I took, Buy America ensures materials and products that are purchased are American-made. This is by our government. Buy America, it does not apply to purchases by the average consumer. It's been around for 80 years, and it's also considered a smart defense policy for our country in the sense that you don't want a lot of military equipment built by countries outside of America, which was really the risk and has happened before, before the Buy America movement started being pushed again. And it's basically set for our tax dollars to invest and create jobs in America. I'm highlighting Buy America because so often, as I said at the beginning of this show, Buy Black has quite often I've seen the conversation only be reduced to what the individual is spending. But if you understand the Buy America movement, then that's where you, in my opinion, have to elevate the Buy Black to the things you heard Tamika Peoples talking about today, to the things that you heard Shadon Reynolds talking about today, even her talking about her own journey to having to expand to one, not only partnership, but understanding that Trillions of dollars come from our government and our taxpayers' dollars. So buying black requires what Tamika talked about, holding that local target um, accountable for what wares they have if they're in your community. When she talked about it should include that versus just accepting what they provide you, yes, they're in your community because they figured out 
that it financially makes sense to be in your community. So, yes, believe it or not, even a big box target will have to take your input for what you want in your community because they already know the dollars is there. They want to keep getting your dollars. So, yes, you can demand that a black-owned company is at least on the shelf. So we get so grandiosis, we'll have this idea that there are cultures and races in this country that's ensuring that their race building is up in their city. No, that's not how that's working. But we don't think about the effectiveness of ensuring that we're on the shelf and allowing that black-owned business to scale by being on the shelf at Walmart. Again, just wanting to challenge and expand the Buy Black conversation. Shadon, your thoughts, Queen? Yeah, no, I appreciate what you're saying, but I would like to challenge that thought from a different direction as a business owner, right? I think it is important in knowing that if you are supporting a black, so let's start with this. The brick and mortar space is a dying space, right? Especially with the pandemic has pushed so many businesses online. When you look at Amazon to get you something quick, online is dominating your biggest, I mean, Toys R Us, one of the biggest toy companies we knew didn't survive, right? So a brick and mortar is a dying breed. And so that's why you have companies like Macy's and other and uh, Target included, they have these buy black initiatives where they're trying to bring black brands into their stores. So that's happening. But I need you to really understand why and the impact that it has on that black business because they're not they're not looking for the mom and pop black business. They're looking for the they're taking in the black business that has already made a way for themselves online, and their plan is to use their traffic to use their audience to save their big brands. So I want you guys to know that, but also on the back end. Major mass retailers are taking or forcing a 40 to 60% markdown. They're also doing 90 and 120 day nets, which means the the vendor, the supplier of the goods, won't get paid for 90 to 120 days. They do chargebacks. So if your product don't sell, they said, then you got to buy it back from them. It works for some, but that ain't the answer for all. So I want you all to understand that it is a blessing to be in some of those spaces, but it also can be the demise of some of these businesses. And if we're not supporting them while they are in their grassroots space so that they can get the 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 resources that they need. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, now, like they sense. need to be able to get the yeah. attorney, right? They need to be able to get the back end stuff, and they need yeah, to be able to afford it so that they don't go into these contracts blind. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And, and we only got a couple of minutes, so I'll highlight because I love that you brought that point to the table. And so we've had conversations about, you know, actually how scaling can actually hurt you if you're not ready or whatever. And so to your point, as far as us as consumers, yes, the more intentional we can be, the more ready they can be when that scale comes to survive. Because to her point, Mm -hmm. we lost 40% of our Black-owned businesses not moving from offline to online. We lost them during the pandemic. 
for a lot of the reasons that Shadan is talking about. So thank both of you, if you will. Shadan, you haven't been able to get all your information, so go ahead and give out your information for how people can stay in contact with you, and Jolivia will let you know again well. But go ahead, Shadan. Let them know how they can find all the wonderful things that you're doing, if you will, Queen. Thank you for being on today. No, thank you for having me. You can find me. She prints it on every platform. We're mostly on Instagram and Facebook and from an active standpoint, but it's sheprints.it on Instagram. She prints it on Facebook, sheprints.com online. You can email us at info at sheprints.com. And if you are a business owner, we work B2B. We also do government contracts, um, and we do corporate contracts as well. All the promotional needs that your brand can absolutely need, desire, to really stand out, that is what we offer for Black Friday. We're doing buy one, get one half off on retractable banners. We're also doing an amazing markdown on logo and rebranding services and 15% off of all promotional product orders over $500. And if you also need a consultation because you don't know what your brand needs but you know it's time to level up, feel free to reach out to me. I also offer hour and two hour long consultative calls to really make sure that you structure your brand to win. I love it. Jolivia, um, liveyblue.com, tell them, spell it for them, and we out this thing, Queen. That's Livy Blue Photography, and find me at www.liveyblue.com, L-I-V-I-B-L-U-E.com. All I ask is that you think. See y'all next Saturday. <laughs>